everyone said praise the Lord. Amen. So good to be in the house of the Lord with you this morning. I've come believing that God is going to touch someone's life today. Amen. I want Him to touch my life today. I never want to get to the place where I'm not moved by the presence of God. I don't want this to get old. I want it to move me. Amen. I believe this morning God wants to speak to our heart. The book of 1 Peter chapter number 1 will be the location of our reading today. 1 Peter chapter 1. We will read verse 18 and verse 19. The Bible says, For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. I don't know about you this morning, but I am thankful for the precious blood of Jesus Christ. I want to preach today on the blessings of the blood. The blessings of the blood. Let's lift our hands together and ask the Lord to speak to our hearts. Lord Jesus, I pray for every heart, every mind, every soul. Every person in this place today, I'm believing that your word is going to speak to us in a special way. I pray, Lord, that everything that would distract us, everything that would try to deter our thinking, would be brought into captivity today by the blood of Jesus. Do a work in this place. Touch hearts, touch minds, change lives. We thank you for what you're going to do. Amen. And everybody claps their hands unto the Lord bless you. You may be seated this morning. The blessings of the blood. The life of Jesus Christ and the days and the years since he lived on this earth have been the focus of many theologians and saints of all ages. Perhaps no other individual has come under more scrutiny and more attack than Jesus Christ. Christ, when you consider how many people have lived on this earth, there has never been a single individual that has gained more notoriety in such a short time. He only lived 33 years, yet there are millions of people that gather under the banner of Jesus Christ. He has been at the center of people's world, some for the good and some for the bad. Some people have quarreled over his identity. Denominations have split over matters regarding who he was or what he did. Religious conflict has abounded since the day that Jesus lived. In fact, when he walked on this earth, he turned the world of religion upside down. 
It is not uncommon for there to be uh, such a turmoil, if you please, because Jesus never did anything according to what man considered to be normal. Ever since he appeared on the scene, understand with me the enemy has tried to use Jesus in some form or fashion to destroy anything good that he would desire to do. You see, everything that Jesus tries to do good in your life, the enemy tries to counter in your life. The enemy does not want you to live for God. The enemy does not want you to succeed in a relationship with God. Everything Jesus tries to do good in your life, he wants to negate with evil or with frustration or misunderstanding. Understand today that Satan knows who Jesus is. He understands his identity. He understands his purpose. He is not ignorant of his word. He is not ignorant of his identity. And so he will do everything he can to hinder you from living for God. He will do everything he can. He will, he will, he, he will even take Jesus, if you please. He will even take truth and twist it to, to bring a disillusionment in your spirit. How do you think man failed to begin with? He, used, he did not ignore God. He just used the seed of truth to twist something and cause man to fall. He will try to negate. He will try to do anything to keep you in bondage. He will try to do anything to keep you in a place of lockdown where you cannot escape the clutches of yesteryear. But the Bible said that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Hear me this morning. Jesus did not robe himself, or God did not robe himself in flesh to turn water into wine. He did not come down to glory to do miracles, to feed 5,000, to open blinded eyes. He did not come to this earth to wow people with his preaching. All of that was great and all of that validated who he was. But Jesus came to this earth for one reason, to destroy the yoke of bondage that held his people captive. That means he came to set you free from sin. That means he came to give you life more abundantly. That means he came to offer hope to the hopeless. He came to give you a new song that the enemy tried to destroy. He came to restore your purpose and bring peace to your troubled mind. For this purpose was the Son of God manifest. That he might destroy, not break. Because when you break something, it has the ability to be put back together. But when you destroy something, that means you annihilate it. It cannot return to its original form. And God said, I'm going to this earth to destroy the yoke of sin and the bondage that held people captive to destroy now, if you know anything at all about this precious book, you know what Jesus said in the book of Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. He said, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. 
And if you read Acts chapter 2, it is the record of the infilling of the Holy Ghost where the Spirit of God came upon those people and it was evident because they spake with other tongues, which I pause to remind you, yea, or unless you doubt in your mind, that speaking in tongues is the only way to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. If you believe it, say amen. It's still the Bible way. We are quick to point to Acts chapter 2 and say that that is the moment in time where humanity was changed. We are quick to point to Acts 2 and say that's where the tide turned. That's where the momentum shifted from evil to righteousness. That's where I got a new start. With God. When God filled me with His Spirit, that's where everything changed. To an extent, I can agree. But in our rush to get to Pentecost, let us not skip over Calvary. In our rush to get to the infilling of the Holy Ghost, which is vital, which is necessary, and we need it. You cannot get to Pentecost without Calvary. You could have a Calvary without a Pentecost, but you can't have a Pentecost without a Calvary. Before he could send his spirit, he had to first offer his son. Please don't think today that Jesus was executed. Jesus was sacrificed. There is indeed a difference between being executed and being sacrificed. Jesus offered himself and Calvary began the turning point for humanity. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9 verse 13 and 14, For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctify it to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Understand that animal blood could not remit sin. It had the ability to roll back for a year, but it did not have the ability to eradicate or the, the tarnishment of sin. Jesus said, I will offer myself. I will be the spotless lamb. I will pay a price so they won't have to pay it. It baffles my mind today when I consider the religious world, by and large, wants nothing to do with the blood of Jesus Christ. They don't want to preach about it. They don't want to sing about it. Rarely is it the topic of conversation. They want the feel-good spirit part of religion. And I like that. And we need that. But I think this morning it is imperative that we not overlook the significance of the blood of Jesus Christ. Christ. Allow me a moment to take a little pulpit liberty with Mark chapter 5. 
there was a woman, the Bible said, who had an issue of blood. The blood was the focus of her life. Can I tell you today in 2015 that the blood is still the issue? Our focus should still be on the blood that washed us, that redeemed us, that sanctified us. It should still be something we think about, we talk about, we preach about, we shout about, we sing about. Because the truth of the matter is, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the blood. I'm not going to ignore it. I'm not going to silence it. I'm not going to hide it. God says there anybody that's excited about the blood. As much as I love spirit worship, as much as I love talking in tongues in the flow of the spirit, I believe today God has restored a passion in my heart for the blood of Jesus. There are blessings that are only made possible through the blood. The first thing I want you to consider today is that we are redeemed by his blood. You see, when man fell in the garden, humanity changed ownership. We were now under the possession of the enemy. Our nature changed. Our minds were altered. Every single person that has ever been born on this earth, whether they live in a palace or they live in a pauper shed, everybody came under the ownership of, of, of the enemy. Your nature was tainted. Your mind was carnal. Your actions were filtered through unrighteousness. You could not avoid it. It was who you were. It was how you were born because you were under ownership of the enemy. And the only way redemption was made possible was a price had to be paid. To redeem simply means to buy or to pay off. And the Bible says, for as much as ye know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and of gold. In other words, there's not enough good things on this earth that could buy your salvation. It was not what you could do. It was not what your hands could produce. It was not what intellect could conceive. But it was the precious blood of Jesus Christ that bought your soul and bought your redemption. We are redeemed. That means we have the ability to change ownership from the enemy, from unrighteousness to righteousness. Our mind can be changed. Our spirit can be changed. In essence, he paid the price. So you didn't have to. Friend, you can't, you can't describe love any better. In that a man would lay down his life for you or I. The Bible says, for he hath made him to be sin for us. Who knew no sin 
that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Think about that. We, th- we talk about all the beautiful things that God has made on this earth. But the most beautiful thing that God has ever made was also the ugliest. When he made himself sin. He made himself into something that he knew nothing about. Because sin and God cannot coexist. Righteousness and unrighteousness cannot dwell in the same temple. But God said, I am going to. He never drank, but I'm going to make him alcoholism. He never smoked, but I'm going to make him an addiction. He, he, never, he never did things of the world, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put the reproach of sin upon. I'm going to make him sin for us so they can be made the righteousness of God in him. Aren't you thankful today that God took your debt and paid your debt so you don't have to pay it? He paid a price. That's why the Bible says that he purchased the church of God with his own blood. He bought it. He is the one who paid the price. He couldn't steal the church from the enemy. He said, I'm going to purchase. I am going to redeem. That's why the Bible says in Colossians 1 and 14, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Now there's one word, and if you, if you pass over this word, you'll miss the whole context. And that word is have. It's present tense. It's not had. Because that would denote it was only applicable for one point in your life. But it's have. That means every single day I still have redemption through the blood. That means the blood reaches from generation to generation. And it doesn't stop with one time. It doesn't stop with one failure. I can be redeemed on a daily basis. I can be, I have forgiveness of sins through the blood of Jesus. You say, preacher, I messed up. You don't know what I did. Can I tell you the blood can still redeem you? Revelation 5 and 9, and they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood. Honey, that tells me the blood is going to carry us all the way through. The blood is going to take us all the way to the rapture. The blood is going to make a way for you today. You can't get more powerful than the blood of Jesus. We are redeemed by his blood. Second thing of importance this morning is we are justified by his blood. You see, the blood not only bought us, it changed us. 
You have to remember, God doesn't see things like we see them. We see through the eyes of flesh. God sees through the eyes of the Spirit. And God didn't die for you at your best. God died for you at your worst. I know we're looking all pretty right here. And we've got our Sunday go-to-church clothes on. But what you're looking in the mirror today, that's not who God died for. God died for the you that nobody wanted to look at. That you didn't want to look at. When you was at the bottom of the barrel, God looked at you and said, that's who I'm dying for. I don't care about you getting all dressed up and pretty. I care about the person who had no hope. I care about the person who had no future. And that's the reason I'm dying. But God commendeth his love toward us. In that while we were yet sinners. God died for us. God said, if I die, if I die for them at their best, then I'm setting the bar too high. So if I set the bar so low, that means everybody can qualify to be justified. God died for the person that you didn't even want to bring to public. God died for the man and the woman that was abused and scarred and hurt. Much more than being justified by his blood. We shall be saved from wrath through him. Justified. One boy asked a preacher one time, Preacher, what's the word justified mean? And he broke it down so simple that that boy could understand it. He said, Justified simply means just as if it never happened. Just as if. You can't get more plain than that. In God's eyes, when you the blood is applied, it's just as if you never messed up. It's just as if you never take a drink. It's just as if you never went the way of the world. And what God sees is one when you're justified. I know that may, that may not mean much to us second or third generation Pentecostals, but you tell a crack addict that you can have a brand new start. Honey, that's something money can't buy. You tell someone who's been abused that God could erase the pain from yesteryear and make it just as if it never happened. Just as if justified. Justified. Isaiah said, come now, let us reason together. Saith the Lord, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. In essence, God can take your mess-ups, your wrong turns, your scars, your pain, your bitterness, everything that wants to find who you were. And when you get that blood in your life, it washes everything away. <laughs> Hebrews 9.22 says, And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. That's why Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, 
for the remission of sins. Honey, when we're buried with him in baptism, the blood of Jesus can be applied to our life. And we are made whiter than snow. Whiter. That means who you once were. You may remember it, but God can't see it. Who wants to find you? You may not be able to erase the images that have been burned into your mind. You see, the word to forgive actually means to release. And and God is saying, I am releasing you from the obligation of paying the consequences of your actions. And I'm applying my blood. And I cannot reach past the barrier that I establish with my blood. Far too often, we can't forgive ourselves and God's already forgiven us. There is a man in Spain who in 1998, he was a successful businessman. And some business investments and different things started happening in the economy. And he went through a very public and nasty bankruptcy. He was at the spotlight of the public for a long time. Sixteen years later, he has rebuilt his life. He has established businesses. He has become successful and wealthy again. But when you Google his name or you use a search engine on the Internet to bring up his name, It brought up everything from 1998. It brought up all the things that happened in his past. It brought up the things that once defined who he was. And so he has a lawsuit going against all of these search engines, and it's making its way through their legal system, and it's called the Right to Be Forgotten Act. In essence... What he's trying to do is get them the search engines. When someone pulls up his name, he doesn't want what he used to be to be pulled up. He wants who he is right now to be pulled up. Can I tell you, before Calvary, we didn't have a right to be forgotten. But after Calvary, we have a right to be forgotten. And when the enemy tries to remind you of what you once did, you can say, devil, that may be what I once was, but that's not who I am right now. I have a right to be forgotten. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Aren't you thankful that all things can become new? Come on, clap your hands unto the Lord. So we are redeemed by his blood. We are justified by his blood. And thirdly, we are empowered by his blood. You see, the blood is one of the greatest advantages you have over the enemy. I'm not an old person by any means. But I can remember many times my mama and different people in the prayer room. This is what they prayed. I plead the blood over my family. I plead the blood over my home. I plead the blood over my church. I plead the blood over my job. Honey, there's still power in the blood. 
When you don't know what to pray, plead the blood. When words fail you, pray the blood. This is just my opinion. But the Bible says in Isaiah 59 and 19, when the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Now let me just tell you what I think. I think when the enemy tries to come into your home, into your marriage, and your job, he gets close to you and God says, here's the standard. It's the blood. The devil can't come where the blood is. And the devil looks at you and said, I was going to bring sickness, but there was the blood. I was going to bring heartache, but I saw the blood. I was going to bring division. But I saw, what are you saying, preacher? I'm saying, plead the blood where you can't go. Plead the blood where you can't reach. Plead the blood over your past. Plead the blood. Stand with me this morning right now. What you can't do, the blood can do. Some of you right now are dealing with situations and you don't know how to deal with them. You don't know what step to take. Your prayers seem like they're failing you. Can I just give you a little advice this morning? Uh, Why don't you try the blood? Why don't you pray the blood? Why don't you plead the blood? Why don't you utilize what God gave for us? It'll carry you through the storm. It'll carry you through the fight. When we get to heaven, Revelation 12 and 11 says this is how it's going to happen. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Hear me. You can't get to the word of your testimony without first going through the blood. Your word isn't powerful enough to carry you. But he said, I'm going to give you something that the enemy has no weapon to combat. I'm going to give you something that hell can't stop. If you could understand with me this morning the power of the blood. It can save your soul. It can remove the scars of yesteryear. And you can use it today to fight the good fight of faith. I wonder this morning if we can lift our hands to heaven right now. God, give us a renewed appreciation today for the blood of Jesus. Come on, some of you are going to walk out of here with the blood intact in your life. If you've never been baptized or received the Holy Ghost, you can get the blood today applied to your life. If you need forgiveness of sins, the blood is here today. I'm opening these altars right now. I would to God everybody would step out of your pew. What you need today can be found in the blood of Jesus. What you need today can be found in the blood of Jesus. Come on, if you need to take somebody by the hand, why don't you make your way down here and start pleading the blood. Start pleading the blood. Come on, all over this building. Let's all come today. Oh, Jesus, let that blood flow freely today. Come on, there's forgiveness of sins. There's redemption today through the blood. Oh, plead the blood.
plead the blood. If you don't know what to do, plead the blood. If you don't know what to do, plead the blood.